Boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome, which means that this is Scentsy Brewcast. It's the voice of Scentsy Craft. Uh, we are sucking the last little bits of summer out of this city right now. Um, the garage door is up. The sun is out. Um, it's a beautiful day, and it's a perfect day to grab a beer, and a perfect day to grab a beer here because it's been far too long since I've been here. I feel like I tell everybody that when I sit down. Um, higher gravity. Welcome back to the show, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us back. Um, it feels in some ways like I was just here like a week ago, and then other times it feels like it's been like 15 years with how much has happened in that little amount of time. Um and we will get to all of that, but first we need to drink a beer and we need to talk about what we're drinking. From the beer fridge. It's a beer podcast. Uh, so so uh, what we've got right now is our Logi. Uh, it's our house blonde ale that we started brewing with Westside Brewing. Um, something that we, you know, started talking about probably over a year ago. Um, we used to always have Jackie O's Ricky, which was, you know, just your basic blonde ale always on tap. And that did really well for us. So we wanted to have our own beer thought, Hey, you know, this does so well. And, uh, for anyone who's been in our space, we don't do permanent tap handles. Right. We don't do the same beer twice generally. So when we started thinking about something that we want to do all the time, we, we realized that something like that, uh, is something that we would have to do something you can put on consistently um, and something that you would always want to drink. Uh, something that's drinkable, something that's easy, something that's not, you're not going to, you're not going to get 12. bored of it One either. Sitting, like yeah. it's that thing that you just always kind of go to. Right. Um, and, and it, uh, so, so this is a, a, like I said, it's a blonde ale, but it's got a little bit of a hop kick to it. So like your, uh, average Bud Light Miller Light drinker, they will dig this, but also the, the people who are into craft beer, uh, we think they'll like it as well, too. Maybe it's not something that you start off with. Maybe you start off with something pretty heavy or fun. And, you know, if you want to keep drinking, this is what you what you kick it back to. So, Is this similar to their common ale? The, the Almost the same thing as their common ale? Kind of that same kind of ballpark? <laughs> it's very close, yeah. Um, fantastic. I've talked about that beer um, a lot on the many different shows that I do in different places because I think it is such a brilliant beer and this you know obviously is to it um again it's something that that you don't mind grabbing it's not like you know if you if you end up somewhere and you end up with a bud light in front of you for some reason you'll drink it and it does what it's supposed to do and but i mind it i i don't like that i don't i don't enjoy that over something else whereas this fits into that same experience for me where you're just looking for something that you can sit down and just drink and not kind of not worry about, but at the same time kind of elevates it just enough to where, um, it, it, it makes you happy to be drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. No. Yeah. And that's why we looked at West side when we were talking about who we're going to work with on this is they're just so good at, um, just staying true to what they're brewing and staying true to the style. And, uh, that was one of the big reasons I, like I really appreciated them as, you know, you just walk in there and it's like Westside Amber Ale, Westside right. Lager, Westside IPA. And uh, just, there's no frills about it. It's just, we brew good beer here. But, and it is, it's good beer. It's, yeah. it's, it's one thing to walk into a place and it's, it's like that and the beer's all kind of mediocre and you're like, okay, yeah, it's fine. You know, if, I'm, if my buddies bring me here, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But it's a whole other thing when you, you, you seek out a place that's like that. And I think, you know, um, Mount Carmel kind of carried that flag for a lot of years of, you know, we're not going to just pump out a bunch of, you know, stupid beers just to, to make stupid beers. We're going to, we're going to do what we do and, um, and do it well. And Westside has taken that to a whole new level here in the, in, in the city in the last couple of years and, um, cranking out some really cool stuff. You know, I think it's pr- gotta be getting close to Schwartz beer season for them too. And I love that beer. You know, there's yeah. some of those things that, you know, you don't typically see from places, um, in this weird world of craft beer that we're in. I, I, I love that about Westside. Yeah. Um, fantastic beer it's it's a good one for a day like today too <laughs> yeah absolutely speaking of uh shores beers did you ever get to try the juniper one from rebel metal no, i know, I know from the last not episode yet. you guys I, didn't get to have it yet but i thought they did a really really good job with that beer too i'm so curious about it i i don't i mean i said this on the show i, I don't know that i've ever tried a beer like that with something like juniper kind of yeah. um infused in there I, i'm excited to try it i'm excited to get back down there just in general yeah um, yeah we we went to their uh, opening day 
down there. And that's another one of those breweries where they're, they're brewing kind of traditional styles. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't know if you're going to start seeing a lot more of that now where people are kind of kicking it back to the roots of brewing and, and doing that. I, I've, we've seen people try that before and I don't think it's worked very well with the exception of places, a few places like West Side. Well, you, um, you saw a lot of places that, you know, when they were opening said, oh, we're, yeah, we're going to lean really heavy into that because that's what we like. But then quickly things shift and there's 19 IPAs on tap like any other <laughs> tap room. And mm-hmm. um, but it's easy to do that. It's easy to, to crank out a bunch of... Uh, not easy in the fact that it's, you know, to, to make them, but um, to, to put a bunch of IPAs out or a bunch of, you know, pastry stouts or a bunch of, you know, uh, New England's or wh- whatever that popular thing of the day is. It's, it's easy to go that route to make people happy. Um, it's a much harder road to say that this is, this is the beer that would, you know, make your grandpa happy in the same way that it's going to make you happy. That's a really hard line to toe. And I'm excited that we've got breweries that are willing to kind of, put it on the table and, 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 and try that. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, it's interesting here. Like we, we get in so many different beers. Uh, and I guess if anyone didn't hear our previous one or don't know who we are, so we're a bar and bottle shop. We, yeah, we you guys get, should introduce yourselves too. We'd completely skipped over yeah, all of that, but sure. it's, it's written in the show notes and people clicked. I, I assume people read stuff before they click on it. For I sure. don't know. You know what? You know what? I have never, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have never read the show notes on Ever? a single, not, not just yours. I'm going to start uh, hiding little things in there for people yeah. to do. Right? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta put some Easter eggs in there, but um, yeah. So my name's Jason. I'm one of the co-founders at higher gravity. Uh, Nick is here with me, who's, who's the other co-founder. Um, we're a bar and bottle shop based in Northside. So uh, our thing is literally anything that you see in the store, you can drink it here or you can take it to go. Um, and, and so like I was saying, we, we get quite a few beers that come through here. I was just pulling up my phone to look. We got like 23 new beers in just today. Um, and then, you know, stuff will cycle out. But it's, it's, it's interesting. I do my best to try and try everything that comes into the store, which right. uh, sounds <laughs> both horrible and, and awesome at the same time. It, uh, it is hard to keep up with. Um, but I do find myself, you know, splitting some of the new beers with people around the shop or taking some home, splitting right. them with my wife. And then I'm starting to gravitate back towards, you know, traditional Pilsners or Blondales like this. And so that's, that's what kind of I see a lot of people doing more often than not is right. let's try a couple of crazy beers. But I'm, if I want to hang out, you can't drink 12% stouts all day <laughs> or you can try. You can try. We, we <laughs> there's, try. <laughs> there's, there's lots of different reasons, though, like why people kind of gravitate towards that. Maybe it's, you know, that you're hanging out by the pool and you just want something that's really light and refreshing. Sometimes people are maybe watching their weight and they want something that's a little lower calorie. Not that I like the whole low calorie IPA and stuff like that trend that's happening. But, um, you know, people have these different reasons to kind of drift into these other styles of beer and... I think that all it does is help kind of solidify this whole um, craft beer thing and give it some kind of a base that it can stand on. The, the trendy stuff can come and it can go and it can, it can you know, do what it does. And that's fine. And I enjoy drinking all of that stuff. But, you know, you still have to have those solid styles that people are always going to go back to. You know, Pilsner is not going to go away. <laughs> you know, Blondales aren't going to go away. It's always going to be that staple for a lot of people. And, um, it's, you know, again, it's just, it's exciting to have people that are putting as much attention and as much thought and as much focus into that as they are, you know, the super pastry, double New England, whatever thing that people are making. It's, it's fun. And that's what this is all supposed to be about. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, which segues very nicely into uh, 2020. Um, uh, fun is not the word that I would use to describe how things have been. Um, let's talk about how you guys have kind of navigated the last six months and what it's meant for what this 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 business feels like and looks like and how how have you done it and the last last time we talked you guys were getting ready to uh open a second location over in blue ash um talk about some terrible timing well, yeah <laughs> so, terrible i mean but yeah i mean it could have been a lot worse that's true <laughs> honestly the the shutdown um and it, obviously it sucked and we can talk some about that like getting into the shutdown but 
um, had that shutdown happen like a month later, it would have been so much worse right. for us <laughs> because we were, and, and so our second location is going to be at Summit Park in Blue Ash. Um, and we were right on the cusp where we were finalizing the design, getting ready to, hey, figure out, let's start, when can we start construction kind of thing? But we hadn't started any construction in there yet. Um, and everything in that park is all, it's all being built brand new. Right. Uh, we'll be on the bottom floor of an apartment complex. So we'll, the, the walls and stuff and the structure is already there, but everything inside, there's nothing there. So had we started doing that, we could have been in trouble um, and it would have been a much rougher road going from there. Um, but luckily, uh, <laughs> as terrible as that sound with everything going on, right? Luckily, uh, the shutdown happened when it did and not a month later. Um, and so we didn't start anything yet. So, and, and the landlord there has been awesome with us. Uh, they really want the tenants that are coming in there to succeed. Why wouldn't right. they? Right. Um, but so they've given us some leeway on trying to figure out what, what makes the most sense for us getting open and what we need to get open. So we are hoping for next spring, next summer uh, timeframe, but um, a lot of that really kind of depends on what, what happens with a vaccine and what happens with, because uh, like right now in Ohio, you have to close the bar down right. at 10 o'clock um, and, and that doesn't hurt a place like us quite as much as it would your, you know, typical college bar right. or some of the bars you would see down and over the Rhine who don't start getting busy until that time frame. But, um, nevertheless, it, it, it still hurts and having, you know, half the capacity that we used to have, uh, hurts a lot, but, um, does it change the way you think about, especially when you're talking about creating this space from the ground up over there, the way you, you think about what it looks like and how it's laid out and how that whole thing works. You know, there's a lot of places that, you know, when they were told they had to go half capacity, they're looking at their space like, Oh my God, we can fit nine people in here now. You know, and that's, that, it's really hard to sustain a business when you've got nine people, especially if it's nine people that just sit at a table all night and, you know, yeah. <laughs> Does it change kind of how that whole thing looks or? I wouldn't say too much. I mean, our space is pretty, pretty sizable over there and we've kind of designed it to be very open already. So it's kind of built more. Um, I mean, we would make some changes, I guess we go back to the drawing board here, but it's more like conducive and flows better mm -hmm. over there. So like it was already kind of more open and just flowy. So um, it, it doesn't, hasn't really changed what we're going to do over there, which is, which is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, part of the, uh, some of the issues that we have here, uh, like Nick alluded to, is just general flow of where everything is sitting, how we have the beer stocked out on the shelves versus, you know, what's behind the bar, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. We had already realized some of those issues and we're addressing that in the design of the new space. Um, and as we were addressing that, like, just like Nick said, it created more of an open concept in the new spot, which I think is what you need during a time like this, because right. if you have a lot of closed spaces or um, area that, that can't be altered or updated very easily, then, then you're going to struggle. But for us, um, and if you've ever been into our store before, even this one, which we did not design as well as we should have, uh, is still an open floor plan. So right. it allowed us to just quickly move tables around and, and create the necessary spacing that we need, that kind of thing. And um, I think it'll it'll be a better job of what we did here over in Summit Park, but um, I don't think any of the restrictions kind of update what we were already going to do at that point. Does it, how do you, how do you make that decision? You know, you talked about, you know, a vaccine and um, depending on who you ask, who knows when or if that is going to happen or when it, you know, is going to happen. But um, how do you decide that you feel comfortable moving forward on stuff like that or um, on opening a new space or doing some kind of big thing or, you know, dumping a bunch of money into some kind of great beer on tap that, you know, if you had done that before and now it's sitting on tap and you have to try to sell it in growlers and whatever, how do you, how do you decide that you're comfortable with some of that stuff or is it just necessity? I mean, luckily, luckily for us, we already have a space here in Northside, right? So like we can, we can see where the trends are going mm -hmm. based on this space. So that helps us a lot. Um, I also live in Blue Ash, so I'm at Summit Park quite a bit and I can kind of see how people are getting back out there. So I, I mean, things seem to be going in the right direction. We'll have to see what happens during like flu season. Well, that's what I was like. Yeah, that's exactly. my thing. Like yeah. there's this fear that like, 
you know, we get into November and all of a sudden, you know, the cold air sets in and this, you know, takes off again and all of a sudden everything shut down again and somebody comes and says, you can't do this and you can't, you know, and this, 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 the man comes down and um, determines what happens with a small the man, business like the this. The man says it's easy because <laughs> we don't really have a choice. Uh, but the, I would say, yeah, come like November, December, if things are still balanced and nothing's spiking, I would feel pretty comfortable. You don't have a choice in your, your less like that, uh, that bar in Akron. What was that place called that uh, got their liquor license? Yeah. Pulled? <laughs> you don't mess with the man, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it, come November, December, if nothing's spiking around here and things seem to be going in the right direction, I'd be pretty comfortable starting construction early next year to get open. Right. Early spring, late spring, early summer, whatever you want to define that as. It just kind of comes down to the feel almost. It's like, what do you feel when you're when you're out yourself? What do you feel when you're working behind the bar and here? And just kind of go from there. Have you guys seen a lot of change with your customers when they're coming in? Are people are people getting more comfortable to get back out, or are people still terrified? As long as are people drinking the talk, same way, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to like to do that sometimes. We, though we do. Like anytime he makes an announcement, that that next it like three us. days, nobody comes in. No one comes right. in because they're still trying to figure it out. But uh, like definitely in in Northside, people have been pretty good with it. Um, I mean, I've had a few situations where I've had to yell at people a couple times for masks, but for the most part, everyone is super respectful. Uh, they have their mask on they, until they sit down at their seat and they're very good at putting it back up if they're, yeah, if they're standing up, up that kind of thing. So people have been pretty good about it. Definitely you're starting to see more people come back. Yeah. And for, for us, luckily, because we have the retail, uh, we had uh, curbside pickups. Right. We had uh, delivery within Hamilton County that we've been doing as well. Um, and honestly, those were things that we wanted to do anyway. And COVID kind of forced our hand to make us do something that was good for us and we needed to do. Right. Um, so from that perspective, that's another kind of, you know, just trying to, you know, throw some darts at the bright side chart. It's just like um, that that has kind of held us on uh, until we could get people back in and people are starting to get more comfortable. But definitely... Um, we're seeing more people back in, um, and uh, we'll probably garage door. Yeah, we ambiance. We are on a very busy street, so you'll probably hear a lot of motorcycles and fire trucks and ambulances. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, people are getting more comfortable. You can see them coming back in, but they're also just not confused when they walk in anymore. When they first came in and there's all these new rules, people are like, I don't know what to do. Tell me what right. to do. And now people, it's it's second nature at this point. Yeah. Right. 99% of the people are great and it's super easy to deal with. Everything's going well. I just, I just, I'm so curious to see when does it go back to what we are familiar with or does it really ever go back to that now? You know, do we, do we get to the point where Every single flu season, people are wearing masks yeah. and, you know, socially distancing from each other. You know, it's seriously. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> Push it up the hill, man. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Like, are we ever going to go back to a, a point where people are doing body shots again? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Not that we do those here, but. Um, One thing I've learned about people with alcohol in their system, and especially when the opposite sex is involved, they will do many stupid things yes, no yes. matter what. <laughs> Regardless of COVID or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which like for us, we've never been one of those late night bars. Right. Um, so some of that stuff that you're alluding to doesn't really happen so much in here. So we're, we're lucky on that standpoint, but um, yeah, I don't, I, I hope that it goes back to normal because there's, there's this whole bar culture. It's culture. That, yeah. yeah. It's, it's this thing that like, it's, it, you know, people like, like me, that it's a huge part of my life and this huge part of, my how I socialize with people is is in bars, sitting across a bar and talking to somebody, and that's how I feel, you know, comfortable. That's where I get out of the house. That's where I go, kind of blow off steam, and where I try new things and talk to people. And um, that's all gone right now. Like, yeah. it's, even if I can, I can go to a bar right now. But number one, I'm probably not sitting at the bar. There's very few places that have bar seating. And then number two, even if I am, there's not somebody standing across from me talking with me. Yeah. Like it's it's just such a weird thing for um, for I guess those of us that that's a big part of our life. 
Yeah, I, it, it's it's interesting. You mentioned not sitting at the bar. We were talking with somebody about this the other day. It's not like, because like, you used to, I, I used to travel a lot. Nick used to travel a lot. When you were out, it's perfectly comfortable to go sit somewhere by yourself yeah. at the bar. Yep. It's not comfortable sitting by yourself at a table somewhere. No. Well, and even just like, even the... Um, the, the uh, entertainment value of sitting at a bar and watching somebody pour drinks and like, you know, there's, there's stuff going on that like you can sit there and watch even if you're sitting by yourself, regardless if there's TVs or not, uh, you can still have something going on. Like that's just all, that's gone now. Like you're just sitting staring at a, at a wall in a corner or something and you know. This guy's bad. <laughs> he's just going right. up and down the street. He's, he's trying to do a wheelie. It's not going well. <laughs> um, let's talk about the beer event calendars. Um, you guys are doing that again this year. You yep. have, I, I'm guessing everybody that listens to the show knows what a beer event calendar is. Um, ex- explain it for people just in case they don't. What is a beer event calendar? Yeah. So, so I'll start with what is a beer event calendar and then I'm going to push it to Nick for like how it started here. Cause it like, he's the one who kind of originated it, um, for, for us. Um, so a beer event calendar is just like the old school chocolate advent calendar, um, I used to get them every year for Christmas and they were like the coolest thing, right? You, on day one, you would pull a tab open, get a chocolate out, do that all the way until uh, day 25, which is Christmas day. Um, And now as an adult, that tiny piece of chocolate is just not (laughs) satisfying at all. It's, I mean, it's good, but it's not enough. And it's just basic milk chocolate. So uh, we basically take that idea uh, and apply it to beer. So we have a giant box that you come pick up it's got a tab for every day, um, December 1st through December 25th. And you pull the tab up and there's a different beer uh, under each tab. Um, so, and, and we do this across a range of styles. Uh, it's a different brewery for every day, uh, different style every day. It's not just loaded with Christmas right. beers or uh, like Labatt Citra. close out things that you're just trying to get off the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> There's no Modelo. We've, we've seen this. Well, there might be. Well. Just yeah. just because, no, I'm just kidding. There's, <laughs> there's no Modelo in there. Hey, it's tough times. Do you recommend people take a uh, beer event calendar and try to cram the whole thing in the fridge so Absolutely every not. evening when you get home you can pop it open and it's already cold? Or do you do it in the morning before work, put it in the fridge, and then think about it all day? And uh... <laughs> It does kind of ruin the surprise a little bit, but it's just easier to do it that way. It's if you not- have an extra fridge and you can do it, more power to you, but it is quite a large box, and it's, it's tough to fit in the fridge. Somebody, somebody <laughs> needs to invent a uh, very cheap cooler that you can just dump ice in a little thing that goes down in the bottom and has a little drain so you refresh the ice every day yeah, to keep yeah, them all cold yeah. all the time. <laughs> um, so we... I, it actually wouldn't be that hard. Well, now that I'm thinking just, about just it... Just the need thought to. of this is like freaking me out because we already have... Uh, so the boxes are 90 bucks and it's 25 different beers. And uh, it, when we first launched these things, we had so many people be like, $90 for beer, right. that's insane. Uh, and it's, it, I think, uh, last year it ended up being about $110 worth of value if you were to come pick it off the shelf. But we had so many people upset about the price and the thought about building a cooler, uh, for this now. And now we're talking $250, $300 for this thing. I can just see. It doesn't have to be a fancy cooler. It can be just some kind of like a, a garbage bag lined inside there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I do, I, I don't have enough space in my fridge. Uh, if you do awesome, then put it in. I, I, I do. We did get a lot of people like sending pictures of it in their fridge. And I'm like, that is awesome. I wish I had space. Who needs food? Yeah. Um, but also, yeah. So what we would do, is just set it on the counter each morning you pop it open and then put it in the fridge and so you can have it later but it's i mean that's kind of the fun of it so it's like every day is a little mini christmas morning right. yeah so yeah it takes away the surprise when you're about to drink it but the surprise is still there for <laughs> still for there the morning. at some point yep <laughs> um okay so how did you guys decide to do this where did this where did this come from this idea i mean i totally stole it i'll be completely honest <laughs> we're all great ideas um i lived else. i was living in chicago actually in my local bottle shop uh which like half mile away from me i would walk to after work get off the train it's a block away from the train one year they uh they rolled it out and i'm like this is the coolest thing of all all time definitely gonna buy this and then we got the genius idea to open up our our own i'm like dude, we have to do this. Like, this is going to be what everyone wants to do. Right. And uh, just kind of growing from there. And 
I feel like you should are. shout them out. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Bitter Pops in Chicago. Bitter on, Pops? Yeah. Great yeah, name. It is a great name. Um, they have a great selection up there. Cool little tap room. This guy, I'm going to throw a stick in the road. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but yeah, they, uh, I want to say that maybe even like a year before us, that's when they first started it. And uh, I know they kill, I think they do, they sell like 500 a year or something wow. crazy. It's, yeah, they do it big time. And uh, hopefully one day we'll, We'll be able to get that reach, but uh, it's been pretty fun to to see the growth every year and people getting excited about it. Well, you guys went a fun route with it this year, where you're making two separate calendars. So if yeah. if you're buying it for, you know, your Joe Schmo, you know, father-in-law or somebody that doesn't really care about craft beer, doesn't really like craft beer all that much, you have a what do you call it, like a beginner kind yeah, of yeah starter box, starter um, box, ninety bucks. Though. It is, I mean, it's a lot of money. I'm not, I'm not denying that it's it's worth the value but like if you aren't into that much and you know you don't like your father-in-law that much <laughs> you can spend 60 bucks <laughs> I, I love my father-in-law but he drinks his beer usually with ice in it with a yeah. straw stuck in it yes. I, yeah, you yeah. know I'm <laughs> not even a joke he does that um yeah so we we introduced the starter box and uh i just want to be clear too so like the starter box does not mean it's going to be all all domestics and all yeah, light right, beers and stuff not. It'll, it'll just be, uh, for lack of a better term, lower price point items. Uh, it'll be a lot of... You're more regional macro brewers where it's like bells. And stuff that you might have like already had yeah. if you're a craft beer drinker yeah. on your journey at some yeah. you know. But, but you'll still get a variety of styles um, and it'll still be 25 different breweries. Um, so it'll be, it'll be a good... Uh, fun thing to do. It's just, like you said, it's going to be stuff you've probably already had before if right. you're really into craft beer. Uh, and then the premium box, we do, you'll, you'll get a couple things that you've probably had before, but we try to do a lot of seasonal or one-off items. We actually have a special beer that Urban Artifact is brewing just that you will only I'm, find I'm in this box. Dying to uh, to learn more about that one. <laughs> yeah, we, it, Brett might kill us. If, I know how excited I know how excited Brett gets about Christmas beers and yeah. about this whole time of year with beers, and uh, I can only imagine that it's something pretty fun. <laughs> it, yeah, so it'll it be, be it'll be fun. But um, so yeah, I, but but I guess backing up a little bit too, uh, when Nick brought this idea to me, I, I had seen it before. I think I had seen it online, but. Uh, the thought of actually trying to put it together. I was like, I don't, I don't even know how you facilitate this. And he, he's like, let's do it. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start because it is a lot of coordination with sure. all our different distributors and our breweries, just trying to find a box manufacturer who could do a custom box at like such a low scale right. was insanely difficult. Um, and so we tried to roll it out the first year that we were open because we opened in, in July um, and we tried to roll it out to have it ready for uh, November, and it, it, there was no, absolutely no way we were going to get it done. So the second year we did it, um, we pulled it together, and I think we sold maybe half of what we did last year. Yep. yep. Um, and it was uh, three of us putting the boxes together, and it took like eight and a half hours <laughs> well, to a, do. It's like, you know, people don't appreciate how much work goes into something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Spencer, who who used to work with us it was me nick and spencer putting these together and afterwards he's like i went through all the the emotions that you could potentially have it's like you, i went through denial i went and then finally like i just accepted it and just kept gluing the boxes um so so but we re-engineered the box uh and and last year that eight and a half hours got down and granted we had like, like 10 nine people, yeah, yeah 10 people 10 people working on them but um it we ended up doing it in like two and a half hours last year. So we've got a system down for, for like packing it and getting it ready, but it's still, I mean, we're, we're talking, we're in September, the boxes have been on sale for two weeks and we've been planning it for two months already. Uh, so it's a lot of time that goes into, and I think people really appreciate like, uh, not just the quality of beers that are in there, but the variety and, and everything that comes with it. So well, it's just, it's just such a fun idea and something that, um, you know, I love, just walking to, I mean, I, I've got enough beer laying around my house at this point that I can walk in and open up a fridge and grab something and it'd be something that I didn't even know was in there, you know, and that's, that's, that's fun. Like at the end of that first beer of the day, you know, you get off work and you go and you pull that out. And like, that's, that excitement is like Christmas morning when you were a kid. That's the only time we get things like that now. <laughs> so you open up your beer fridge. Um, 
to be able to find a way to um, package that up and, and, and give it to people for, for December and have them uh, getting that excitement every single day. I think it's just such a fun idea. And it really does capture kind of what, again, what all this is supposed to be about. You know, I think we forget, and I, I've, I've said this on the show plenty of times, especially lately, we forget what this is all about and what the whole the whole point of, of drinking is supposed to be. And it's, you know, that, that the community aspect, you know, getting on your Facebook and, Oh, did you, you guys get your, your, your beer for the day. And Oh, here's what it was. And everybody talking about it. And Oh my God, I got a Modelo. I hate Modelo. <laughs> and like, that's, there's something that's fun about that, you know? And that's, I would like um, to thank that person for the best marketing <laughs> of all time. <laughs> I, I mean, it really like, even if it's something that you're complaining about, it's still fun because there's somebody else that is going to tell you you're wrong. And like, you know, that, you know, again, going back to that bar culture, that's part of what it is too, sitting around and um, arguing with each other sometimes about stuff. And uh, uh, we've, we sometimes forget that we get caught up with chasing something and, you know, releases and whatever. And uh, sometimes it's just about drinking and just about having fun with it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, we can shift gears again. Um, let's talk about Cincinnati beer and um, what that means has shifted and changed over the years and keeps doing it. Um, you know, we live in a city now where we've got a brew dog bar. We've got a Hofbrau house across the river. We've got, you know, we've, you know, um, you've got platform. You have, you know, these, these places that aren't necessarily Cincinnati beer being part of Cincinnati beer. Um, you guys don't just sell local beer. You sell lots of stuff from all over the place. Um, what is Cincinnati beer today to you guys? What does it, what does it mean? What is, how do you kind of um, put that into, into words? Um, <laughs> you got I, yeah. I, I mean, Cincinnati is, I'm such a homer, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I uh, can't remember what episode you guys were talking about it on, uh, but someone was throwing out the names like, like Portland and Asheville and stuff. Um, and I would put Cincinnati beer up against any of those cities. And um, I feel like Cincinnati gets a lot of uh, discredit just because we're in the state of Ohio, not just for beer, right? Like for, for tourism, for everything, for just literally sports. I, I have, like half my family <laughs> comes from, bad. well, I mean, our sports, <laughs> are just, our sports are bad. Um, but half my family live in New York and anytime we've talked about in the past, like, Hey, well, come, come down to Cincinnati. I'm not going to Ohio. You guys can come up this way. Um, and so I think Ohio just gets kind of a bad, rep because uh, people just don't know or haven't been to places like Cincinnati or, you know, Columbus is an awesome city. I spent a lot of time in Akron and now Akron's getting a beer scene. I, that wasn't there when I was there, but uh, Cincinnati overall, there's so many breweries here and some of the breweries that we have here, I would put up against any in the country. I, 100%. Um, and I, I think that's starting to get out there now. Definitely uh, you're seeing some national recognition for like urban artifact um, Brink winning all of their awards, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's starting to leak out that like, hey, Cincinnati has good beer. Um, and I think we've been ranked in the top 10 a couple times for national publications for beer. And so people are starting to make it a bit of a de uh, destination. Um, for a while when we opened, I would get quite a few messages to our Instagram or Facebook, like, hey, I'm just driving through from Florida, gonna stop what time do you open kind of thing. And now um, we, we still get some of those messages, but they aren't like, hey, I'm driving through. It's like, hey, I'm coming to town. Right. Uh, so you're starting to see that shift. And I, I absolutely love it because I love this city. Um, and I've traveled all over the world. I've never officially changed my address or lived in another place, but I spent two years in Chicago, a year up in Akron, um, plenty of time other other places um, in in it'd be a hard time to convince me to leave Cincinnati. What do you think we do well compared to other cities? Um, I, I think it's really just about uh, variety and then also consistency too. Like the breweries that I would put in my, you know, top five or 10 breweries around here just consistently put out great product. Uh, you don't get a lot of 
one-off things where you're just like, oh God, this is terrible. <laughs> um, but, but it, and, and then it's also about the culture. And I don't know if we talked about it last time that you were here or, or what, but uh, it's such a close-knit community that like when a brewery has an anniversary, all the other breweries are there attending the anniversary. So it's a fun, I, I, for me, it's a fun culture along with just consistently good product. And, and um, you know, you get places like Westside that will open up and, it, I'll be honest, when they first opened, I didn't, they brought in beers for me to sample and I didn't like it. Uh, I thought they needed a lot of work. And now I think they have some of the best beers in the city. Uh, same with Urban Artifact. I, I grew up liking sours their first year. I struggled with it <laughs> and they just consistently get better. And now I think Urban is one of the best breweries probably in the country in terms of sour production. Um, and, and for me, seeing that evolution and that change uh, is, is, is pretty incredible. It's for me, like I've, I've been to other cities visiting where you, you know, you jump on your phone and you Google just tap rooms just to find the closest one. And you, you go in and you grab a beer and you're like, oh man, you know, I should have picked that other one. The one that was, you know, you know two spots down because like, this is just not great. You know, we gotta, we gotta move on to the next one. And I don't think that happens as often in Cincinnati as it does in other cities. Like I, I firmly believe, and I could be just completely blinded at this point by, by what we're doing, but um, I feel like all of our tap rooms are cranking out some really good stuff. I mean, there are some that are definitely better to me than others, but um, I think everybody's making really good beer. And I don't think everybody can say that in a lot of other cities. I feel like there's, you know, a mixture of great places and a mixture of, you know, not so great places. And I just, I don't think we've got that here. And it's, uh, I mean, I guess that's, that's a pretty good thing to be able to say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When, so when, when you are traveling to other cities like that, like what's your approach? Because, um, I see it a lot of in like Facebook groups when people are coming here, they're like, Hey, where do I need to visit? Or, Hey, I haven't been out in a while. Where do I need to go? Like, how do you, how do you approach that when you go to a new city? It depends on, um, when I'm traveling, if I'm by myself, which is a rare thing anymore, or if I'm with my family, it changes kind of the whole game of how I'm choosing to stop. Usually it's what's closest, who's got food, who's, you know, family friendly, where's my kid going to be able to uh, be herself and not, <laughs> you know, piss everybody else off in the, the entire room. So usually it's just as simple as trying to meet that criteria and then stopping there. But um, normally I, I just, you know, if... I can only pick one place, which is rare. I, I'll, I'll go and I'll kind of, I'll read some reviews and I'll kind of, I'll, I'll look around and see what people are saying about places yeah. and pick what is the most talked about kind of thing. But, or if I've had a recommendation from somebody that I know around here, which, um, you know, because of this podcast and what I do, you know, I've talked to enough people that have traveled to enough cities. There's somebody I can text I'm like, man, where should I go here? And they're like, oh, you got to go here. You know, these guys are great. You know, we've, we've collaborated with them or we've, you know, we've hung out with them. And so then I'll do it that way. But that's just me. That's usually, it usually comes down to where is my wife and my kid going to be the happiest. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep them um, uh, as happy as possible. I say my wife and my kid, I have two kids and the, the boy counts too, but he's only been to like, one brewery because he's been born in the middle of all of this craziness. Yeah. I feel bad for him. Like my daughter, when she was his age, had been to like 30 something breweries. You know, she was an expert at it and he's just, you know, sits around the house all day. He doesn't know what the, <laughs> doesn't know what the outdoors looks like. Yeah. I, I, I can't even imagine my, when my son was born, I think it was day 10 and it was probably way too early. Uh, but we were like, we just got to get out gotta of the house. Out, yeah. And we took him to 50 West. So he had his first brewery experience at day 10. Yeah. Uh, and I think before he was three months old, he had been to like 15. Well, there's, you have this little window with, with babies where they're where still, they can't move. They can't move. <laughs> they just sit in that seat and they just sleep all the time. And like when they wake up, you got to feed them, but then they go right back to sleep. So you can just do what you want. Like, I think, you know, then you lose that at a certain point and then they want to, to be crawling around. And, um, we've missed that whole like fun window of being able to go out and him just sit there and be happy. <laughs> he just does it at home now such a pain this this world that we live in i'm just i'm so over it at this point i'm ready for i'm ready for something else some kind of i mean i know it's not going to be normal quote unquote but i'm just i'm ready for something else and yeah 
Yeah, I'd love to find someone who, who says something different. <laughs> I haven't come across anyone who's well, like, I love this shit. Well, from, from the beginning, like you would get those people like, oh yeah, man, I don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, a hermit anyways. I like sitting around the house. I work from home. Now I have to work from home. Great. I don't have to convince my company anymore. And like at the beginning that you heard a lot of that and then it just kind of became less and less. And even those people, they're like, man, I, I just can't do it anymore. I can't, <laughs> I can't work at home anymore. I need, I just need to talk to somebody. I need, you know, some kind of interaction with people. And, uh, I, I get it a hundred percent. Um, looking at the world today and in this industry today, what, what scares you guys about this, this business versus, um, when you started or, uh, or is there anything? Are you, I'm going to, I'm going to let I, Nick tackle this and then I'm going to, I'm going to grab us some more beers because before perfect. we talk about our fears, I need some more, <laughs> some more courage. <laughs> I mean, I guess the, my biggest fear would just be like the consumer just changing their, their palate. Um, and not necessarily like, from style of beer, I'm saying. You think they're all going to start drinking seltzers? Yeah, or like, you know, (laughs) seltzers or liquor or, I mean, there's definitely ebbs and flows of the market and, you know, each generation is slightly different where they're, what they like, you know, and I think that's why sours have become bigger is, um, and why seltzers actually are a good thing for the sour community because it kind of introduces them to a lighter, fruity uh, flavor of a drink. And then it's like, oh, if you like a seltzer, you'll probably like the sour. I'm being completely honest. Some people obviously, you know, if they're, they taste it in there, it's like, oh, it's so tart. It's like, well, just give it a second, all right? <laughs> try, try another step. Let's see, let's see what your response is. I, th- um, I think the nature of, especially a business like this, like you guys are also able to shift and change with people. For and, sure. And you guys are better than a lot of places at kind of watching those trends and watching what people are drinking and, paying attention to that. There's a lot of places that almost try to make, make people Forcing, drink yeah. what they, what they want them to drink. Mm-hmm. I don't think you guys do that as much here. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah. 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 We definitely, you know, it, and as you said, I think seltzers are a big thing in the future and I think they'll only grow. Um, I mean, like when Coca-Cola announced that they were doing it, I'm like, well, I guess I'll invest in Coke now because <laughs> they'll probably kill it with their distribution. So it's just a matter of, uh, realizing what's going to be out there and taking advantage of uh, the situation wherever you can. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if we'll do it here, but like in Blue Ash, I'll, like a seltzer will be on tap. I can already tell you that right now. I mean, it's, uh, it, it just it's makes sense. Smart, especially, yeah. so did we talk about, are they doing a Dora at, at, uh, at Blue Ash? They're working on it. Cause I, would I love mean, that. to me, that's, obviously, if you've got, how many, not to, you know, stereotype who's drinking seltzers, but if you, how many soccer yeah, moms walking yeah. around the, the, the park there that a seltzer, drink a seltzer. not bad. I'll tell you that right now. How, how many soccer dads are working, walking <laughs> around true. there too? I, I definitely see more and more uh, guys who are starting to drink seltzer because they're like, I just feel so bloated drinking all this beer and this is a they're, nice They're maybe not as open about the fact that they're true, drinking true. them. You put it in a koozie, it's fine. <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get the slim can koozie. <laughs> well, you know, we, we talk about seltzer far too often on this show, but it is, I mean, it's definitely a thing that we can't really ignore anymore. And, um, I came to the realization that, you know, a few months back that like, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to talk about drinking culture in Cincinnati and what people are drinking, uh, you have to talk about something like seltzer. You have to, you got to be aware of it and pay attention to what that means. Cause not only are people drinking it, it affects the other things that people are drinking too. If, if people are consuming enough seltzer, it's going to change what beers they're looking for. It's going to change what liquor they're looking for, what cocktails and things. So you kind of do have to, um, to pay attention to it. Even a place like Urban that I don't know that they'll ever make a seltzer, although I could see them doing it just for shits and giggles just to mess with people. But um, the, those light, uh, Sours, the, yeah. the, the, the light Midwest fruit tarts. I think they have a different name for them. I can't think of what it is now. They're literally just called their fruit and then it's like light sour. They, yeah, I mean, they, they don't even name them. That's kind of a response. A te- this is a test batch, but that might change, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a response mm-hmm. to what people are drinking now. People yeah. want low calorie, light, refreshing kind of things. And I tell you, I'm going to drink a crap ton of those. <laughs> well, it's great because I always tell Brett, I'm like, dude, uh, if I drink six gadgets, I'm like, oh man, 
this is such a bad night. If I drink six light gadgets, it's right. like, oh, it's just, you know, it's well, an average night. I've had, I've had those afternoons where it's hot outside and it's sunny and I open up the fridge and there's a, there, there's a squeeze box or something sitting in there. I'm like, oh my God, yes, I need this while I mow the grass. This is going to be so delicious. And, you know, I'm, you know, then three of them into mowing the yard and I get off the mower and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yes. You know, now you don't you have to worry about that. You can't taste that 8%, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now now football is back, and we started we started drinking at, like, noon on Sunday for football, and games are still going on at 11 o'clock, and you're like, holy crap, this, yeah, this <laughs> right. is not going to work anymore. I'm not built for this longevity of drinking uh, <laughs> like that. So I, I love that idea, and I can't wait to try those from – from urban, but I think that they are on sale in the tap room this oh week. God, I, I believe it. they're in cans. Go get it. You probably well, went on sale at noon and yeah. probably sold out in 15 minutes. Damn it. <laughs> Isn't there somebody you can call to? <laughs> I meant to do that today. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, but those those low ABV beers are definitely um, doing really well for for us. And it doesn't matter the style. If it's low ABV right now, people are buying. Well, out of it. I also think there's a lot of places that are making a mistake by not letting people know that something is low ABV. I think that um, there are a lot of drinkers that um, don't think about stuff like that. They may be looking for something that's low ABV, but they don't, unless it yells at them that, hey, this is low ABV or this is low carb or whatever it is, um, they don't think about it. <laughs> and so they might pass over something that would fit into that criteria that, um, that they're looking for. For sure. What are we drinking? Which, yeah, speaking of ABV, um, we are drinking Melvin's Dry Hopper's Guide to the Galaxy. It's a double IPA. <laughs> it is not low ABV, uh, coming in at 9% alcohol. But this just came in um, last week, and I've liked everything that, that Melvin does. So I haven't had a chance to try this one yet. Oh, it's good. Um, it doesn't hide the ABV. It's there. <laughs> but... It's big and it's fruity and it's juicy and then it's got that 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 booziness to kind of back it up and hold it together and make it so that it's still kind of there's some um, hazier or uh, juicy kind of IPAs that uh, it becomes all about that and it becomes very kind of one note to me. It's all this kind of heavy sweetness and. Um, this is not that. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I was actually kind of nervous about this beer, too, because I generally don't like stuff that is all galaxy hopped. Um, and this one, for me, was all, all like, malt up front, but it didn't, like, stay sweet. There's, like, this resiny uh, taste to the back end that kind of sticks around for a little while and completely pulls away that sweetness. Um, so, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Wh which is, for someone who really does not like galaxy hops, that's... Good review, I'd say. I don't understand how somebody can not like Galaxy Hops. I just, yeah. <laughs> it makes zero sense. I'm weird. Uh, sometimes I also like, there are some hops that I think, like Simcoe, there's some beers that are loaded with Simcoe that I can't stand. Mm -hmm. And then other times I'll drink one that is a lot of Simcoe and I'm like, oh, this is delicious. And I can't figure out what that difference is for me. And uh, I think that's also part of the, uh, the fun of the... Um, the the journey, I guess. You think you don't like something, and then you try. You're like, oh my god, this is really good. This guy's back, sweet. <laughs> what, what is he doing? <laughs> just just wheelies in the middle of the road. It's sweet. No, he hasn't got a wheelie yet. <laughs> He's tried. It's not working out. Um, what um, so we, we want to keep going on, on fears about the industry or we want to move on to what gets you excited about the industry? I don't know if you got anything else. I, I, I mean, I don't know what Nick said. I was, I was away grabbing us a couple more beers. Um, I, I guess for me, not, not necessarily from our business standpoint, what I am afraid of um, is if the closures and the restrictions and uh, things start to spike and all that kind of sticks where it is, in six months, you're going to see a lot of places that are not here. And, you know, from a business aspect, that's it's great for us. But, like, for my personal, you know, I want to get out and I want to go experience all these places that I love in Cincinnati. I absolutely do not want that. And I am, I am afraid for uh, some places that maybe weren't in a good position before the shutdown or maybe they they thrive on that you know 10 to to 1 a.m market right. and they can't have that so i'm i'm worried we're going to lose a lot of those places that i used to love 
going. But we've seen it with a few places that, you know, not necessarily in the same way, you know, but, uh, rock bottom, which we kind of saw the writing on the wall there. And um, uh, Logan's owned by the same company. They closed. Um, what other place? There's been a couple of their like chains that the, the Italian place like Brio something like that. I think they were, they closed maybe Definitely. too. Yeah. yeah. Some, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen like, to me, it's been these, these chains and these bigger kind of places that when you take a step back and you look at what's been happening with the industry and with restaurants and stuff, it's not necessarily, it's, it's not necessarily surprising either. Like we've, as drinkers and as people who go out and stuff, we've been shifting where we go already. Mm-hmm. So like it, it, it kind of makes sense that some of those places would be hurting, but um, we haven't really seen as far as I know, a lot of those smaller places get affected yet. I mean, yeah. we, hear, we yeah. hear lots of stories that we're going to, but um, so far it seems like people are kind of pushing themselves to get out almost more to help support some of those smaller places that they are worried about. Yeah, I mean, and, and we saw we saw that at the very beginning. We saw so many people calling in delivery orders and curbside pickup orders, and literally some of those people would be like, I don't need this beer. Yeah. I just want to help you, and I want to make sure you're here on the other side of it. Um, and that's back at the beginning when people were thinking this is going to be three, four weeks right. and that's it. And then you get, <laughs> get to, at, what are we on month six now? Uh, you get to month six and people are like, well, I don't have money to keep you afloat anymore. <laughs> um, and, and I think a lot of the businesses, one, were kind of relying on those people who were shoving a lot of that excess income right. into them to try and keep them afloat. Um, in combination with some of the government assistance that right. people were getting, but eventually that money runs out and you can only sustain for so, so long at that pace. Um, so I, I mean, I, I hate saying it, but I do think we're going to start to see some of these small businesses fail. And I, I really don't want that because those are the places that I go. I don't either, but devil's advocate, does the industry become stronger because of that? If you've got places that are, that are on that small of a margin that, um, can't get through something like this. Is it uh, survival of the fittest? I, I'm going to get an email about this. I already know, but um, I'm playing devil's advocate, guys. I mean, as a business um, owner, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'll be completely honest. Like, if you're, do we come out of this better than we went into it as a whole? As a, as, I mean, I think it teaches you a lot of things as a business owner from that standpoint. Is like, you know, we're accountants, thank God, and uh, we're conservative by nature, I'd say. And we have a uh, pretty strong like balance sheet and just like working capital. And we just were like, well, we need to survive for a year in case something happens. Right. We didn't know what, like when we started, we didn't know what that thing was. Well, here we are. Right. <laughs> it, it happened. And luckily for us, we kind of had that mindset going in. It's going to allow us to sustain. And because out on the other side, I always just tell people, I'm like, if whenever it does happen, I don't know, well, there'll be a day that, will be a national holiday from here on out. Call it COVID day. Well, I don't know what the hell you call it. <laughs> Three, 315 uh, yeah. shut down. Like, day week is going to become this huge yeah, thing. <laughs> like whatever it is, whatever that day is, it's going to be lit. And, uh, but it, even what, not just that day for the next six months, when things get back to quote unquote normal, I think businesses like ours and restaurants and everything will be, it will be a, a boom for everyone. Yeah, as but, long as you survive. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the key, though, is as long as you survive. I think the individual businesses will be better off because, one, uh, the businesses that do survive are learning how to adapt to new circumstances and doing things like we did where it's like, hey, we wanted to do delivery anyway, but we never had time before. So we're adding those value-add services that we wanted to do but couldn't. Um, but as a whole, do I think like the community will be better? I, I don't know because there's, and I'm not going to throw any specifics around, but I think there's a lot of people that are in uh, like bar and restaurant industry who are just genius chefs or like make but good product, if you have no business savvy whatsoever. And those are some of the places that I'm kind of afraid for because but if, they don't know how to plan. And if you're a genius chef, like if if you are like one of those super talents, and your place shuts down, you don't quit and like go. 
be an accountant, right? I mean, like I, I, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 and and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but as you know, when you've got like a passion and a talent for something, no matter what happens around you, and no matter what kind of crap you go through, you, you keep going with that. I mean, I, I yeah. Maybe people, I'm wrong. these people are resilient, and like even places that shut down. I mean, I think a place that you know a place that does shut down, someone can come in and quickly get that re up and running and as a new concept or whatever. Right. It's like, you've seen like places like Nada who wanted to rebrand for a long time. I think this just gave them an excuse to be like, all right, here's what our new direction is. And right. It's going to give them a whole new vibe and everything. And I think it'll be great for them in downtown. It's just a matter of when people actually go back downtown. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, so I had a day off. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. I had a, had a show during the day. So I took the day off from work and um, I'm a photographer as my, my, uh, my day job and my, my life. And so I'm like, I'll just go out and, you know, get up early and I'll go down and I'll take pictures and went downtown. I'm like, oh my God, there's no people to it's take pictures. There's no, nothing to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it was the oddest. I yeah. have never seen the city like that because I've never, you know, since all this has been going on, I haven't been down there in the morning. Yeah. And it was just such a weird kind of experience. And that was not that long ago. Yeah. But no. that's still that way. And I, I do worry about some of those businesses that are downtown and things like people are, are people leaving downtown areas? Yeah, I, mean, I think you'll Cincinnati see the consumer a little bit different. Kind of always stay more in their neighborhood, I think, yeah. now in the future. Even oh. just like, I don't know if it, because it's, it's been so long, maybe it just becomes force of habit. It's like we're going to stay closer to our houses. Like, I kind of do. Like, right. as a, like, I wish I went out more, but I'm like, there's Brink, Urban, there's a couple of good restaurants around here. I just walk to them all. Right. And, I, I don't really drive or go anywhere else. So like, it's just kind of my little circle now. Um, I mean, I think, you know, when it gets back to more normal, I'll venture out more and more, but right now it's just kind of comfortable. It's yeah. like, it's like a safety blanket. It's like, oh, not venturing too far. Nothing bad can, that ha- can happen. Right. Well, and I think, even though that's a dumb thing, way to think about it, it's just, that's how I think the, the, the consumer brain works. And it's like, that's how I'm going to operate from here on out. I think some places are kind of understanding that, that like I, you know, when, when all this happened, so we had our baby in April. So I knew that things were going to be a little weird in April. I didn't quite understand how weird because um, obviously things changed. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're stuck at home. Not only are we stuck at home because there, everybody is closed. Now we're stuck at home with the kid too. So we can't even venture out and get, you know, pick up from places as easy as we would like to. Um, so you've got these places like, like urban. I've bought more urban beer in the last six months than I probably did in the year before that, just because I get on my phone and I can yeah. be like, I need beer. And then, you know, in, in a day, more. there it is, you know, <laughs> Fibonacci right up the street, you know, I can get on and I can say, I need beer. She's there in an hour dropping yeah. off the beer at my house. And like, you know, in the middle of this whole shutdown, I could herb, I could, I could order Sonder beer, have that just delivered right to my doorstep. Um, High Green would deliver to my house. It was a 11 mile radius and I was at 10.9999. <laughs> so like these places that like are hard sometimes to get to um, and for whatever your, your reasons are, all of a sudden now they're creating these ways that it's easier for you to get their stuff. And that it's, it's only going to be good for, yeah. for yeah. longer term stuff, you know? And there's some good breweries that ship here now too, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. I'm, I'll try the, like, I'm not big on ordering beer from out of state shipping just because I'm kind of a cheap ass, but, uh, I'll, I like, you know, people always bring it in and be like, Hey, let's trace beers. I'm like, all right, sweet. I'll have to buy a whole four pack now. Well, <laughs> People can't get Tavor anymore. Yeah. Um, they, they stopped shipping to Ohio. So it just makes people kind of also, you know, rethink if they are kind of wanting the, you know, kind of some of the fun stuff that they don't typically yeah. get. It kind of forces them to kind of start thinking about other ways and getting together with a couple friends and, uh, you know, maybe ordering a, a box of beer from a, a brewery out of yeah. state that ships yeah. them. Uh, it's, I never did understand we'll how Tavor did it because it's highly illegal, but yeah, well, I, mean, <laughs> I guess they finally got they caught. figured that out. <laughs> Somebody finds, hey, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. He's like, we wanted to do that. I'm like, why can't we do it? He's like, it's illegal. I'm like, but they do it. He's like, I know, but it's illegal. I'm like, well, let's just do it until we get caught. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that I've seen some some breweries do that everybody's like, man, I really want to do that, but I can't because you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> it's uh, the world we live in, I guess. Yeah. Um, what do you want people to know about higher gravity that you think they don't already know today? 
Yeah, I mean, I, for for us, the biggest the biggest thing is always around the product. I think bottle shops are constantly undervalued, um, not just in Cincinnati, but but constantly all across America. From you know places I've gone to, everyone wants to go, you know, find the source. Uh, that's a really fun mentality. I love going to breweries, uh, but if you're going to a city and you have one place to stop. Uh, I think a bottle shop is a good way to do it where you can come in and try, you know, we have 333 different beers right now, not including our taps. Uh, and if, if you think about it, uh, just about every brewery in Cincinnati that is distributing is represented here. Um, and then our bartenders are super knowledgeable about it. So if you have one place to stop and maybe, okay, I have an extra hour that I might be able to kill, uh, not only can we allow you to try a bunch of different things in one spot, but we're going to have the knowledge around the city to be able to tell you where to go next if you only have that one extra place. Um, so I, I do think um, that I, I just want to get across the fact that uh, our spot is one of the best places in the city to go. If you like craft beer, uh, you can try you know, so many different styles, so many different breweries, not just locally, but all the way around the world. Uh, you'll get a knowledgeable uh, a team of people behind the bar that can help you navigate that. But then also, you know, Nick and I are the people who kind of filter out bad beer before it even gets to our shelves. So a lot of times you'll go to breweries um, and you may try 15 things while you're there and you like two of them. Uh, you're generally not going to have that experience here or another right. bottle shop like us because we are extremely particular about what goes on our shelves. Um, so I think there's that. And then, I mean, the other thing right now too, get your beer event calendars. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, they are on sale until September 30th. They are $5 off until September 30th. And then the price goes up a little bit. It's not a drastic price increase, but definitely want to get those before they sell out. Um, you can get those on our website at highergravitycrafthouse.com slash store. And that is like the German craft house, C-R-A-F-T. We'll, we'll put a link in the show H -A -S. notes. H-A-U-S. Yep. Check out the show notes. <laughs> for all of you that read the show notes. <laughs> yeah. For, for, for all of you that are not like me, um, check out the show notes and, and get your order placed for the, the beer event calendar and come, come give us a visit. And if you're still not ready to go out yet, uh, we do deliver within Hamilton County. Uh, or do curbside pickups. You can do that right on our website as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, pretty much hit the spot on. It, I know not everyone's ready to come back out. And so, you know, can't force your hands, but it, it's safe. It's uh, We all wear a mask. Everyone's wearing masks. And, you know, I think as we learn more, uh, that's a key thing. And if everyone's following the rules, everything everything's good and everyone can be safe and everyone can be happy and having a good time out, out and about again. So, uh don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Cause like you'll go into one place and I'm like, Oh man, this is okay. Like I can, I can do this. I can, I can go places and I can still hang out and I can still feel good about it. And then you walk into another place and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> there's germs everywhere. Everybody's, everybody's yeah. like licking each other. And like, and this is not okay. <laughs> and so like, it's just so you, you find those places that you trust yeah. and that are doing it the right way. And you, 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 you spend your time there. And yeah. uh, this is definitely one of those places on, on all kind of levels, you know, not only do I trust the way you guys are, are, are being safe about everything here. Um, I, I trust this as a place to buy beer, which is, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of money on beer. <laughs> like I, there are places that I'm willing to go do that at. And there are places that I will just pass over because, um, for, for lots of reasons, but because I don't, I don't, feel the same way about them. And, um, this is one of those places that I do believe in. And, uh, I, I, I like what you guys do here. And I think that everybody needs to come in and support you guys. Appreciate it. Get, get a beer event calendar. That would be great. Um, we should drink one more beer before we wrap up. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've got, uh, this actually just came in, I don't know, two hours ago. So street sides pocket, uh, it's a pineapple upside down cake Berliner Weiss. I've heard good things about this. Uh, I haven't so, tried oh, it yet. You haven't had it yet? No. Uh, it is very good. And either, either last week or next week, depending on how the shows get scheduled out. I don't know. We were at street side or we'll be at street side, but nice. I don't, I don't actually know which show is going to be first. So <laughs> it's the, uh, the downside this week is, um, crazy week for the brewcast we are recording three episodes this week so if things 
get confusing. And if I tell you something was last week and then it wasn't, <laughs> that's why, because I don't really know when things are going to end up, but, um, it'll be in the show. Yeah, notes. It'll probably, probably won't be in the show notes. I'll probably forget <laughs> to put anything in the show notes. It'll just have like, <laughs> we drank beer. <laughs> what do you guys think about this beer? Why I drink it to talk so that I can drink. I, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble because I'm always saying I hate, hate things. I hate galaxy. I hate pineapple. I really don't like pineapple, but I, this beer is something I could drink for someone who really hates pineapple flavor. Um, it's not overwhelming. I could drink a lot of it. It's kind of really bounces the, out. The cake batter thing yeah. comes yeah. through like really strong for me, which I love. It, um, it's definitely a lot of batter in there. It's low ABV, so like we were talking about, you can literally pound a four pack of these sixteen ounce cans and and still that's great. Have a good day with it. That is a that is a really good beer. It, um, it, when I first smelled it, it was a lot of pineapple. Once I drank it, now that I kind of smell it, I don't get as much. Um, yeah, that's it. Tastes exactly like it's supposed to. <laughs> it's um, it's it's cakey. It's like a it's like a dessert in a glass, and I think that's exactly what it's supposed to be. I don't I don't know what's going on with that guy on the front. Is he supposed to be like Pac Man? Um, he's yeah, te- like he's terrifying looking. It, I mean, it looks like. Yeah, I I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I love everything that Street Side's been cranking out lately, too, which I'm sure we'll talk about last week or next week, whenever that is the show. Um, thank you guys very much. Thank you. Um, yeah, like I said, for if, having us. if anybody hasn't been here, uh, number one, why not? And then number two, come down here and um, and see what these guys are doing because it's uh, it's a rare thing to find a place like this. There's a lot of bottle shops, but there's not that many great bottle shops. And you guys are a great bottle shop. So thank you for providing us with that. Um, you're right north side, right in the middle. People, right in the middle. Show notes, address. There we go. <laughs> Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. <laughs>